Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Hello and welcome into another Red Out Podcast. My name is Devin and we are coming at you a little, a couple minutes late here, but better late than never, right? Um... It's been a very hectic day. It's been a nice holiday. Um, finally, my life can get back to normal. My friend, our coworker, is finally back to work, and we are on the up and up. Uh, looks like we've got Alex entering the studio right now, so he'll be coming on here in just a second. Let's see if we can we can hear him here in just a second. Um, but uh, let me just do the little plug here. As always, guys, like, share, and subscribe. Uh, make sure to share our content, help support us any way you can. We appreciate your listenership and uh, consider you all almost like family. So if you all would just, uh, there we go. we got Alex and Jared. Hey. There we go. Jared, can I hear you? There we go. Yeah. All right. Um, so I hope you all had a nice week. If you would, let's start with our winners and losers. Jared, do you want to shoot start off? Okay, yeah, so I guess this will probably steal everyone's losers, but we we have to go with Marshall, 110%. (laughs) Actually, you know, Jared, I was going to say, I don't want to cut you off, but I honestly thought that uh, there was going to be another one first for you. I don't want to steal it just in case you're going to say it. Shoot, I I don't know. The Steelers is what I was going to say. Oh, yes, that is another big one, too. Because they saved your – they kept your 72 Dolphins still in it. Yeah, Don Shula is popping some <laughs> champagne in heaven right now after that loss. That was great. <laughs> the, that's another big one. But that's still, though, I mean, the Marshall one is more personal to me right now just for the fact that it's Marshall. I mean, there's some things that are just certain in life, I guess. Death, taxes, and Marshall blowing any chance they have at ever getting a good bowl game. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it was us in 2014, and now this year they were undefeated, nationally ranked, and they lose to Rice, which is way worse, 20 to nothing. That's pretty sad. So, I mean, I don't feel sad for them. But I, oh, No, no. I mean, and, you know, there were some drinks being passed around at the Dairy Queen in Huntington that night. That's all I'm Probably. saying. Yeah. There were all a lot the of false city beer wasted. There was a lot of tears in the beer down there in Huntington. All the PBRs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, anytime Marshall loses, the world wins, especially Western. So, yeah. Um, and then, of course, I had to throw out the Steelers losing. Um, God, who did they even play? Was it was, it was somebody uh, that I was? It was somebody it was that Washington. I was. Washington. It was the Washington football team. Yeah, the team formerly known as the Redskins. <laughs> the one wa- real name is the Washington football team. Like the worst name. Well, it's not very original. No, I mean it's just they sound like generic. a football, like a soccer club, not like an NFL team. It's like the tennis shoes you buy at Walmart. I mean, you know, it's like what is that? Yeah, I know. But hey, you know, I the Steelers losing it just it was it was nice. I it, it was. I like to see the undefeated team, but I'd like it to be my team, not somebody else's. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um. Alex, do you have any winners and losers we haven't talked about yet? Yes. Uh, it's been a very crazy week, so I would have to say the winners would have to be just anybody who is not a Pittsburgh Steelers fan just because, <laughs> of course, you want to see the top dog go down. We didn't think it was going to be the Washington football team, but nonetheless, still, it's good. Yes, I I completely agree. I honestly, if you'd have told me – before the game, you know, who, who, where's your money? I'm putting it on the Steelers. I mean, yeah. just because. And then to hear that this, they actually lost, I was I was extremely shocked. But also, in a there, was one yes. I, there was one thing I forgot as a winner. I'm sorry. But I have to mention the fact that Boris Lamp has a lamp endorsement deal with Lamps Plus, and he has his own <laughs> signature lamp now. And that is a real thing. So for Hilltopper fans everywhere, get you a forest lamp for Christmas. That, that is yes. the gift you can get. Oh, a forest lamp and a lamp jersey. So he's really killing it with the Chargers, even though the record 
could be a little better, but still, he's having his first full healthy season in the league. So, I mean, a lot of good things going for Forrest right now. So Not many did, offensive linemen can get any type of deal like that, so that's pretty big. When did he get traded? When did I did I miss this? No, he's always been with the Chargers. Uh, yeah, it's just he's been hampered by injuries the past couple years. Yeah. Like I remember, like the year before, he got injured during the Titans game, and then last year he got injured. I want to say kind of like in the first two games. Okay. Yeah, so, the Chargers did get traded from San Diego to Los Angeles, though. Okay, who was I thinking of? Yeah, that they did move. The, who was I thinking of that was at the uh, who was at the Jets? Oh, for George Fan. Fan. Okay. Okay, that's what it was. That's who I was thinking of. Okay. Yes. The and my losers, I will get the losers off right quick. Uh the losers will have to be just the fact that we're not having a Michigan versus Ohio State game. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that isn't that the weirdest thing ever? I'm sure the yeah. Michigan people are happy about it though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes and no, because it's, yeah, definitely, though. Um, on the bright side, we do got the Army-Navy game, I want to say, this weekend. So I'm pretty – those are, like, my two favorite rivalry games, like, at the last week, full week before bowl games start. It's always Ohio State-Michigan. Then the next week after that is usually Navy versus Army. So everything's kind of flip-flop due to COVID, but, I mean, at least we got one rivalry game, so it'll be a good game on Saturday. I think so, too. I think it'll be a good game. Um, so, let's start. Let's. Uh, I think I said we were going to talk football in my, in my notes that I jotted down real quickly. So, Western played Charlotte uh, on a crazy Sunday, which um, that's, prob- is, that's probably one of the first Sunday football games in Western history, right? It has to be. It's got to be one of the, it's a. I'm gonna say there's less than five at least. Yeah. Um. So Western had a very dominant first half. You know, field goal in the first, two touchdowns in the second. Charlotte answered. Yada yada yada. Western ends up winning 37-19 uh, to a very sickly COVID-induced uh, Charlotte team. Um. But the fourth quarter was a very big back and forth there. Mm-hmm. As far as scoring goes, Western field goal, Charlotte touchdown, Western touchdown, then Charlotte got a touchdown with 31 seconds to go. Um, but <sighs> decent game from from uh, Piggy, 218 yards, a touchdown. Um, Gage Walker got almost 100 yards. He got 98 yards. And uh, Thomas, D. Thomas, got five receptions for 78 yards. Um what do you think our chances are going to a bowl are? That's what everybody's wanting to know. Well, if we keep having players transfer out like it's been going on right now, we might not have anybody left by the end of yeah. this month anyways. So that's still kind of concerning that all these people are leaving. There's been – I mean, it's mostly role players and stuff, but we had Roger Cray just recently announced he's transferring. We had Tyler Witt, one of the core offensive linemen, just announced he's transferring. So it's just been kind of a hot mess and things are starting to fall apart. So I I feel like if there was hope of a bowl game, I think they would at least stick around for that because it's not like they can get an opportunity like right now somewhere yeah. else. They're still going to have to wait. So with the way that all these players are transferring out, to me that gives them the idea that they either don't want to play in a bowl game, like there's no interest, or we're not going to get one. And I think it's the second one probably. It's just we're not going to get one. I would say you're probably right um who did you say the other transfer was tyler uh tyler witt uh well he's a senior too so it's probably going to be a grad transfer i'm assuming right yeah yeah so same with uh cray right yes yeah, so Cray's going to be a grad transfer too that's not as bad to me as like you know if like a junior like a true junior or a sophomore somebody's like i'm out this ain't you know or even you know if we had somebody who let me just throw out a name here um, <laughs> sorry, the name I just looked at, I was like, nobody's even going to know. Joey Belgian. That sounds familiar. He's a sophomore who plays for Western. He plays tight end. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. if Josh Simon, if Josh Simon transferred, I would be very, uh, very hesitant and wondering, you know, what is going on here, guys, that he's transferring. Yeah, um, I mean, but- to ask this in all retrospect. He, pro- I mean, I'm not going to say that he is, but 
wouldn't how would you hit the panic button more than what we already hit this week if let's say Josh Simon, for example, was to transfer or someone on the defensive side of the ball. So it's like we're not really guaranteed most people coming back anyway, but still you kind of have to stop scratching your head and just wonder like where are we going to go from here with all these transfers? Granted, most of them are role players. I get it. But still, it's very alarming. Like I think we're in a double digits now when it comes to the transfers i could yeah, be wrong but several. it's a lot we've got several i'll give you that let me see if i can uh see if i can find a full list yeah, here the on list the keeps growing. i know that another defensive player he was the backup he transferred to and also a weird thing with the game on sunday the charlotte game is that there was a lot of wide receivers that i hadn't seen all season playing this year i think conley was one of them <laughs> thomas was one of them like i know we had three players that weren't able to play because of covid and i think it was wide receivers that may have had it that would make a lot of sense. But it was good to see some of these younger guys get some reps because we're going to need them in the future, especially oh, if everyone else builds out. Oh, I completely agree. Um, Not to mention I mean, the local talent that we already have in the receiver core with Dalvin Smith out of Glasgow and then Corley from Campbellsville. So it's always good to see the local guys get some shine. And that's – I I completely love that too. Um, but bowl game – is my concern and like we were talking last week it's it's one of those things that if we get a bowl game let's say you know it's western versus quote charlotte or a team like that and you know there's COVID issues you know and it's just like uh i don't know if that's necessarily you know what we want but um we'll see i don't know what would be the target limit for traveling because I know with the bowl games it's going to be extremely limited like there's not going to be I know the Sun Bowl up in uh, El Paso is canceled this year the pinstripe bowl in New York City which is originally held at Yankee Stadium is also postponed this year yes well I think it's going to depend on the state too so depending on what that state's COVID guidelines or mandates for, I think that's going to play a big effect. Um, I guess a shout-out to Mr. Hilltopper. Happy birthday, buddy. Apparently, the uh, Sunday was his birthday, and he got we got two big wins on Sunday. Yeah, it's always nice. Yeah, nice. it's nice to have See, wins on your- on my birthday, it was when we played Vanderbilt in the Houch, and it was when we <laughs> lost in double overtime, and it was, yeah, I was upset. <laughs> That is depressing as all get out. Thanks, but no. <laughs> it was like nine hundred degrees that day too. I think that's the hottest birthday I ever remember was that Vanderbilt game. See, my birthday my birthday though is like one of those days that like we have no sports that really play except maybe baseball. Oh yeah. My birthday is May twenty eighth. Okay. So yeah, no way that's happening. Um but yes, there are concerns for me for bowl games. If we don't get a bowl this year, I'm fine with that um, just because of the COVID issues. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily – you know, it's it's just one of those things. And, yeah, it's a bunch of bull, and I'm sorry, but um, I think it's going to be more of a headache. Are we playing? Are we not playing? The game got postponed. The game's delayed. Blah, blah, blah. We had four guys test positive. They had four guys test positive. You know – I don't know. I, I just feel like let's just write this season off, move into 2021, and just hope that this junk is gone by then. Yeah. I Am feel I like also – so Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, I, was saying I feel like also that it could be Todd Stewart's call just on if they're going to accept the bowl, if they're not. Just because, I mean, outside of the conference, of course, like we haven't traveled much anyway, even though we did good for – a while. I think we were the only team in the conference that had no positives that basically had like game day, everybody healthy. So it just goes to that. So I think it'll be a front office decision, which we respected, of course. So I agree right off the season, but I, in the back of my mind, I do want the seniors to at least have one more game just for not only pride purposes, but like actually compete for a bowl just to be like, hey, even though this happened, this past season, at least we competed in the bowl game. I agree. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with the guys playing. Um, 
And like you said, it is up to the admins. So let me see what you think. Jared, do you think – is Todd going to give us the thumbs up or the thumbs down if we get a bowl bit? Well, I don't know. I mean, it just depends on where it's at. But Todd, another thing to think about is, I mean, fan travel. You're not going to have as many people come to a game, if any. I don't know how they're going to be doing attendance for bowl games. I know it will obviously be limited capacity to some extent. I mean, he's a smart guy. He's always about looking at everything before deciding on it. And if there's, if it works out, not just with financial reasons, but I feel like he would, but it's hard to say. I mean, if it's going to cost more to go to a bowl game and play some random Sunbelt school, I don't know if that would be worth it. But I feel like he, he's usually the type of person that he would probably do it. Alex, what do you think? I'm kind of 50-50. I feel like he would, but also going back to the safety of everything COVID-related, I feel like it will be a good decision if we basically just stayed put. But that's all I'm going to leave it up to. Just It's frustrating not like not knowing if we're going to go bowling and if we do, is the game going to cancel or not. So at this point, we just have to see. It's up in the air. It is. Yep. I agree. It's going to be up in the air. I think Todd. I think I think Alex is or Jared's right. I think it depends on the bowl. Um, it is exposure, yes. Um, but like for instance, there's some bowls that I'm going to say are not feasible, like the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we're going to be able to go to the Bahamas. Period. Um, and do I think that's you know that's our record or anything? The issue? No. I think it's the actual. Bahamas that are going to be like, no, y'all can't come. Because as far as I've heard, like, you know, people trying to transfer or not transfer, but travel to the Bahamas and stuff, you're going to have to do, you know, uh, COVID tests and this, this, and this. And then, you know, you got to think you got like 200 people trying to go to this thing, you know, on for each team, 200 of, you know, 300, 400, whatever, trying to go to this game. And I just don't, I don't think that is logistically possible in the world we live in right now. Um, you know, a game like Tax Slayer Bowl or some of those like that are in the 48. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's a possibility and I think that would be feasible. Um, I don't think there'd be an issue there, but when you have to travel out of the country, that's where we're going to run into issue. Yeah. Um, but I'd be okay if we were going to play in Memphis or Birmingham or even the Montgomery bowl game. Preach. Amen. Like, it's just the closest, like, it's the closest duration, not only for Western, but I feel like if we're actually going to do some traveling, it's going to have to stay within the conference area. I mean, Texas may be a question mark, but Louisiana, Alabama, I know Charlotte has a bowl every year, so he could end up going back to Charlotte to play for a bowl. Yeah, I mean, but, like, I can't see us going to California. You know? Yeah, which they probably wouldn't have any anyways. No, yeah. The, and from what I've heard, like California's kind of locking everything down. Um, mm-hmm. There was something I heard on the news the other day that the, the city of Fresno was trying to get police to enforce uh, the limited uh, groups or whatever, and that's not going to happen. They, are, yeah. they said that was going to happen. But um, So that just tells me that, you know, California's a place to avoid. Um, but you know, we'll see. Um, did you all watch the Charlotte game? Were you able to? I got to see the first half. Okay. Alex, did you watch any of the Charlotte game? I got to watch the first half as well. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's, That's all good. I needed. That's good. All yeah. right. Uh, so what did you all think? Definitely a lot better a... than what we had seen. Yeah. You want me to Alex, know, what do you got? It was a good send off for our seniors, of course. And then, beating up on a Charlotte team that pretty much had a month to prepare with everything. And just the offensive line, I feel like the offensive line had a lot of improvement with putting up with 436 yards. So it's like we got three seniors that are leaving the line. And sorry, I had a little pause for a second, but <clears throat> we have three seniors leaving the line, so the depth will be interesting going into next year. But it's also something to build on. Like, I feel like 
for the past couple of years, the offensive line has been the best in the country. I know last year it was. This year's rankings, I think it's still at the top. So he got a great thing going in the transition for 2021. Yeah, and I'm hoping that next year our offensive line is still one of our strengths. It's just very, um, very concerning when you have three senior offensive linemen, and you know, obviously, one's going to be transferring out as a grad transfer. But we'll just have to see. I don't know. It's it's uh, it's kind of nerve wracking. Just the uneasiness to see how everything's going to turn out. Um, so we have a we got to commit. Is that correct? Yeah, yes. Jared. What's his name? Jared, and it starts with the last name L or something like that. But um, <laughs> I just saw it on Twitter not too long ago. I don't remember. <laughs> it's all good, but uh, so we got Jared who's committed. Um, any idea what position he plays? Uh, he's a defensive end from somewhere in Tennessee. I think he's going to be like a preferred walk on. Okay. Um, do Still we pretty have... good size, though. He's like 6'4", 230, something like that. Okay, are you all concerned that we don't have more uh, commitments this time of the year? Yeah, I'm pretty yes. concerned just for the okay. fact. I mean, we just got uh, the guy from North Dakota State that's going to be grad transferring here. He was a running back for them. That's going to be a really good pickup. His name is fleeting me right now for whatever reason. We have him. We have Chance McDonald. Uh I know that we just had the guy that committed today. I know there's at least one other person that I'm forgetting about, but it's only Adam like four Cofield. guys. Yeah, Cofield is the guy good from Florida State, and uh, he's going to be pretty good. I mean, we have some players that can come in and hopefully make an impact. It's just we don't have enough of them right now, and with the amount of players we have transferring out, that's going to make it even more difficult for Helton and his staff. So. I'm I am kind of concerned. I'm not like hitting the panic button concerned or anything yet. But when you have all these seniors that you're losing, I mean, you're going to have to get some guys that will be able to come in and hopefully do something right away, whether they're freshmen, whether they're JUCOs, whether they're grad transfers. I mean, he just needs to kind of get the ball rolling and try to get some commits because having only four people in your class, I think we're like at the very bottom of Conference USA and recruiting right now for next year. So that needs to change. Yeah, and I'm. It concerns me somewhat with um, the the level of commitments, and then also the. Um, I, I just don't know if Helton was actually planning on staying as long as he is. You can plug holes with grad transfers all day, and that's fine. But to me, it's not a sh- a sign of building towards the future. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. So yeah, it's just it's it's concerning to me. Um, Ideally, I feel like he would rather be out of here right now than have to deal with next year, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, he's not going to get any high-level offers going five and six this year in conference. No. 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 I don't think so. I'd obviously, definitely not. Um, but the – I feel like in the back of Helton's mind, he'd like to be gone. You know what I'm saying? He's wanting to go on to Purdue or somewhere else and you not have to worry about this team next year. But – We'll see. I, I mean, he's I not mean, a Jimbo Fisher by any means, but you know, he's not trying to get out, and I'm, he's not a Bobby Petrino. But I'm concerned with the number of grad transfers that we're wanting to get. Well, I mean, I kind of understand his point. Is that I mean, with a grad transfer, usually they can come in and play right away, and they'll be able to be pretty solid of a player coming and start, as opposed to a freshman that may not be physically where they need to be and not be as familiar with this level of play. So, I mean, I kind of understand that point. He's gotten some decent grad transfers, too. I mean, Pigram has been a little underwhelming compared to what Tostori ended up being. But, I mean, you can't build an entire team on grad transfers because, I mean, you still want to have some underclassmen and you have some of those guys stick with the program for hopefully four years just to get them involved into the system and everything. But, like you said, I mean, who knows? I don't really know. I'm, I'm right there with you, buddy. Um, it, it, it's just concerning to me. Um, I would like to see more, you know, get some more players. Um, and yes, there are, there are, uh, student athletes that will get an extra year because of this. So, um, you know, we'll see. It is concerning, but we'll see. 
Anyway. I, I do uh, have I one know. question before moving on. Do you feel like Helton would have to increase the recruiting map just for regional purposes? Like, I'm pretty sure, like, in a situation like this, you can take advantage of getting some kids, in-state kids, to play for your program. Like, take yeah. them away from the Louisville yeah, and the UK. So it's the perfect storm. Like, I would do it if I were him, but – like I said, we really don't know what goes on in the front office at the end of the day, but it's just a thought. I agree with that. Um, I could definitely see that. And, of course, with COVID and everything, you know, it kind of adds that other level of difficulty with recruiting. And, you know, you really, you probably – I'm going to say without a doubt, you probably don't get that level of being able to sit in the living room with the people and talk to them one-on-one. You're going to have to FaceTime and – text and call and do all that stuff and i don't know if it's as effective as what a lot of coaches are used to so maybe that's another issue i don't know um i don't want to make excuses for him but at the same time i'm not ready to burn him at the stake so um, right so basketball let's talk about something fun uh looks like western played mississippi valley state who they were not supposed to play until um, when was that game supposed to be played, Jared? We talked about it last week. Honestly, I don't even remember. Keeping up with basketball <laughs> scheduling is going to be completely useless. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. See, the um, best thing I've learned oh, from 2020. Was, was, was it the 28th of December? Probably. I think that's right. So we ended up playing Mississippi Valley State Delta Devils, which is a mouthful, uh, December 6th, Sunday at 2 o'clock at Diddle. Sorry. Um we ended up having about a thousand people there, according to ESPN. Um, but uh, so, did you all watch the basketball game? Yes, I had to work. Sadly, <laughs> I understand. I can't um, escape. I'm sorry, but it looks like Western just dominated the game, and it's that's a good thing. We technically a... were under, though. We were 43 point favorites and we didn't get to 43, so that's disappointing. If you took the over, then that was a bad idea. Because <laughs> we still can't shoot the three, dadgummit. <laughs> it looked, there was only one point where Mississippi Valley State was leading. And that was about, what, two minutes and 15 seconds into the game? Yeah. They led three to two. That's too much. And then we left. It's completely unacceptable. It is. It's, it's just. Just burn it down. Gosh, what's wrong with the people? Uh, no. Uh, On the bright side, we do have a really good interior game. Bazzy was able to get another double-double, which I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up losing count on how many double-doubles he get because this is like his second one of the year. But I'm real right? uh, He's had a few. This year? Yeah, he's had a f- several double-doubles. I think he's averaging a double-double. At least he's close to it. Maybe not for the first couple of games, but I know the Louisville game, he was destroying the inside. And Hey, that's good for his stock. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he's really helping his stock this year. Yes, definitely. I mean, it's uh, it's really exciting. Let me clear out some of my windows here. Right. Uh, so I get back to where I was. Okay, so we were supposed to play Mississippi Valley Delta, blah, blah, blah. On the 28th of December... Uh, Jared and I were talking last week, wondering if we could, if Western would slip a game in there, and looks like they did. They got the Delta Devils to come on up 22 days early, so looks like we're going to be playing Garner Webb on the 10th. <laughs> so tomorrow at 8 p.m. Gosh, I need new contacts. Uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central on ESPN Plus. For those of you wanting to watch the game, um. This is going to be a frustrating one for me because Garner Webb has no stats. Yeah, they haven't played yet. Nope. The last uh, game I've got was March 6, 2020. They played when – who is this? Winthrop. Winthrop, yes. Good job. Thank you. I they knew it as soon as it was coming out of your mouth. Like, when, like <laughs> I think they're in the – I forgot what conference they're in, but I do know they play Winthrop a lot. Yeah, they're one of the obscure Carolina schools, Gardner Webb. Big South. Yes. They're, they're in the Big South Conference. And they're Home. usually a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament. They slip in there. They usually get stuck against a one, but they get in the NCAA tournament. Also, yeah, fun fact, that's where Steph Curry went 
to school at was Davidson. Davidson plays in the Big South. Yeah. Really? Yes. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, early mornings. Um, yeah. Um, I don't remember where I was going. Western has an 89% chance of winning, according to ESPN. We are a 16.5-point favorite, so that's good. Um, we still got to work on our three-point shooting, though. I don't yes. know why they have an issue with this, because they have Luke Frampton, who has been always a consistent three-point shooter up to this point. They have all these other guys that should be at a high level shooting the three, but yet I think they've been lucky if they get anywhere close to 40% shooting the three this season so far. I don't know if it's just not being lucky enough that the ball actually rolls in the basket or what the issue is, but it's just so frustrating to watch. So some fun facts for you. Uh, Bassey is averaging 11.2 rebounds per game and four blocks a game. Let me see. Which is crazy. Yes, let's see. Bassey's got 125 minutes. The only one with more is Tavion Hollinsworth. Uh, Field goals made 31, attempts 54. So he's shooting a little over 50%. What is that? Mm 55-ish. Free throw. Free throw. Free throws made nine, attempts 14. So he's shooting well over 50% there as well. He shot two three-pointers, or he's made two, two three-pointers. I don't know what's wrong with me. I am tongue-tied like I'll get out. Uh, attempts, he's had 11, so definitely not <laughs> shooting 50% there. Uh, he's got 73 points total. Uh, offensive rebounds, 15. Defensive rebounds, 41. So dude is going after that rim or that backboard yeah. on defense. 56 rebounds, three assists, 17 Turnovers, uh, two steals, and 20 blocks. I think Charles Bassey has done a great job for his resume so far this year. Mm-hmm. Just comeback got season. It out. Do what? I was saying comeback season, the perfect yes. storm. Yes, I, I think this is his year. Knock on wood. No, yes. no red out curses or anything on him. I don't need yeah. that. Um, oh, I don't know if y'all saw this, but I did get an update from – the Tower Rack Twitter account, of course. We did pick up a game with Rhode Island, and they play at 11 o'clock this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah they, yes. they, were, they were ones that we had scheduled. I don't know if they had to move the game time or anything, but, yeah, we play them. Yeah, you said it's this – yeah, the 13th. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Rhode Island was on, it was on the uh, schedule – um, okay. I like you like Garrett I mean, said, I don't know if they moved it or not, but I think at one point they tried to swap it out for like a later day because this was like in the middle of trying to add another game. So I didn't think they were going to keep the date really. So realistically, I thought it was going to be later in the week, like on a <laughs> next Thursday night or something. I didn't think it would be this Sunday. So my question is, I'm wondering if they're going to try and get a slide a game in. Uh, between the December 13th and the 22nd, or is that more like a finals week thing and they're just going to leave it? Well, I mean, I don't know if you saw it, Devin, but uh, we've made another push to try to get to Kentucky because they had a game that was canceled against, uh, shoot, I don't remember. I think it's like Detroit or something. And they have an open spot. So, again, Todd Stewart kind of putting the social media heat on Kentucky, saying, hey, we have a date available. We'd love to make something work. But, I mean, it's... It's sort of like texting that one friend that they like they, as soon as they get a girlfriend, they never speak to you again. You're like, exactly. hey, bro, we should hang out sometime. And just You never get a response back. They're done. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. I think that's what they're doing here. Um, that would be nice to play at Kentucky. Um, this year we might actually do really well against them. We would uh, probably beat them because wait. they lost to worse teams than us so far. So yeah, that, yeah, I completely agree. And of course, that makes it seem more like what that Kentucky would not want to play us because of that fact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they may just call Campbellsville down the road and say, "Hey, y'all want to play?" Because uh, we don't want to play with anybody else. Yeah, they might beat us. I won't play with them. <laughs> right. But the funny thing about it is like. KSR even joined in and basically was just like, just let what, like, just ha- allow Western to come. Like, both fan bases yeah. really want this game, but 
it all goes to the powers that may be over UK, which is yeah. dumb. Very dumb. Well, I mean... It's because they have nothing to really prove out of it. If they win, then that's what they were supposed to do, according to everyone else. And if they lose, and then we just make fun of them for the rest of their life. So it is a a (laughs) win-win situation for Western, and it's a lose-lose for Kentucky. Yeah. If Western, like Jared said, we win, uh uh-oh, Kentucky's not doing so well this year, you know. And if we lose, then that's what was supposed to happen. So it doesn't matter, you know. Uh Um. Doesn't bother Louisville though. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Right. <laughs> and see, it works for them because they've beaten us every single year. So I don't know what to say. But they so actually he, held our ended a bargain though when it comes to scheduling us. So it's like more power to Louisville. Yeah, respect. Any concerns going forward with Garner Webb or no? I think that they could be a sneaky team. And also, I mean, the fact that it's limited seating in Diddle Arena, you're never going to have as full crowd support as you usually would. I know that the players are missing that too. Because, I oh, mean, I, no you know, doubt. I've seen them post on social media how they miss a full Diddle Arena crowd. And, I mean, I, I would feel the same way if I was in their position because, I mean, we've helped them so much with the crowd noise and just willing them on, especially last year. All those crazy comebacks that they had, I mean, that was partly due to the crowd being able to cause some raucous and – Make it all crazy, but this year it's obviously just empty gym for the most part, really quiet. You're not really going to have that support. So it's just all about you having that extra mental energy coming into it and having to focus in on who you're playing. Because, I mean, if you, it's easy to slip up. I mean, Duke just lost, but they lost to Illinois, which is another nationally ranked team. And that was at Cameron Indoor Stadium. Of course, if they would have had their fans there, the Cameron Crazies, it could have been a little bit different. But that's just something that everyone is having to struggle with. No one's going to have a full arena this year. So it's all it's all level playing field. Like, it's if you were to go on to – I can't remember. Like, I think it was, like, on some of the NCAA games. You could turn on even field or whatever for the football game to where it evens out. It's just it's purely based on the matchup, not because of, like, the environment that you're in. So it's like that this year. It's just kind of the same thing for everyone. My thing is, is I don't know if you all have ever been, but they say the Cameron Indoor facility or whatever is actually really small. I've been, and it's actually smaller than Diddle Arena, at least on the end. Seriously? Oh, wow. It's crazy because it looks like a church, honestly. Like all of the architecture at Duke has like this really cool, like rustic and gothic kind of look to it. And you go in, and you would think that it's going to be this huge arena. But I was in there when all the bleachers were pushed in, and it looks like just a slightly bigger high school gym with a second big story to it and all the nice little stained glass windows and stuff. So See, that blows <laughs> me away. It, it's it's a cool that? experience. If you ever get the chance to go to Duke's campus, it was my favorite out of the big three in North Carolina to go to. It's really fancy. Yeah, that would that that's I think that's one of the basketball meccas, you know. Not even yeah. you don't even have to really be a fan of Duke, but yeah, you, you should I go see it. Oh yeah. yeah. Nobody It's like it. a bucket list thing is definitely just like going to the barn in Minnesota just with the lower bench seats. Yeah. And of course I put Hinkle Field House on that list too. That's still one of my all time favorites. <laughs> Hinkle is nice. There there are several that are that are nice. As far as football stadiums are concerned, Alabama was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, it was older, but it was well taken care of. Did you not now, like the swamp? Yes. Now that on the inverse, the swamp looked nice, but it was garbage. Um, really? hmm. But that's just my opinion. I did, now the fans, I think that's one thing that always adds to the, um, tradition and excitement and everything is the fans because the fans really get into the games and Florida is no different. They, they do a really good job of, you know, being in the game. And, um, and I think it's the start of the third or the fourth quarter. They will all kind of put their arms over each other's shoulders and sing the fight song or whatever. And it, it was, it was, it was wild for, you know, what, 100,000 fans to be singing the same song at the same time. Yeah, that's the crazy. Gator Chomp, you know, all this stuff. And it's it's pretty wild. It's it's uh, It was a lot of fun. Um, but, yeah, there are several uh, meccas of sports out there that people definitely should go see. I mean, what, Fenway, the wall? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Fenway. Green Wall. 
Yeah, the big green monster. I mean, I okay. I'm not a Red Sox fan, but that's definitely uh, that's definitely on the list of meccas you have to go see in sports. I got to see I Weston would. play in the Marlins Stadium. <laughs> I, <laughs> so that was fun. That is that's really funny, actually. That's that always blew me away when the Dolphins would play there. Also, I would love the fact if Western, if we had every single bowl game in Miami, the weather down there is absolutely perfect. In the, the weather, that was always the weirdest thing for me when we would, for whatever reason, they always scheduled FIU at the end of the year. So we would play Probably FIU. just for vacation. <laughs> basically. Yeah, all the admins would just take their vacation at the end of the year. Um, but it always blew me away to go down there around December and everybody's decorated for Christmas and it's warm. Yeah, it's like 75 and it's degrees nice. and sunny. Yeah, 75, 80 degrees. I remember going down there, you know, leaving 30 degrees, 80 degrees when you land, and then when you came back, you were just miserable. You're like, this is awful. Yeah, I'll <laughs> never forget being with the McKays, yeah, Matt and Stephanie, doing that whole road trip to Miami because we were listening to, like, Let It Snow and all this Christmas music on the radio, driving through Daytona Beach. I'm just like, you know, it just doesn't feel the same. I would – that would be <laughs> – to ride to ride with the McKays would be, I would like to be a fly on the wall. I'm just saying. It was a Me it too. was a great experience. It was a very long trip, but it it was one that I will never forget. <laughs> I have no doubt. <laughs> I went on football trips with Matt. I know mm-hmm. a lot of fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> Matt was I'm Matt sure is always a hoot, and I'd love to get him back on the show. Um, so speaking of December. Some holiday traditions. Jared, do you have a holiday tradition that is unique to your family or whatever? Yeah, I mean, sort of. Like, one is really recent. Like, we just started it last year. I don't know if we'll do it this year. But one thing we've always done is, like, I mean, I mentioned Indianapolis on here a lot. It's because I have family up there. And usually we always go see them during the holidays because that's when we would be off. I would be out of school. And it would just be a more convenient time to kind of go see them. I have a great aunt that lives up there and a bunch of cousins. So I always like to go see them. So you, even on Christmas Day, I think the past couple of years is when we would go up there. Um, having got to go see them this year because of COVID, which sucks. But my great aunt, she's like 96 years old. So just one of the kind of sacrifices you have to make with not seeing family, just to make sure you're not going to spread COVID or anything unintentionally. But, yeah. yeah, Indianapolis and Christmas time, that's basically like a big Christmas memory I'll always have. Seeing the way that they have the tree set up at Monument Circle with the lights and everything is always really cool. Plus, it actually feels like Christmas up there because, I mean, it's Indiana. And it's like super cold compared to mm-hmm. Kentucky. So that's always yep. been one of my favorite things is going up there and just being around Indianapolis for the holidays. But one thing we, me and my parents did last year it's like it was ungodly hot on the day after Christmas. It was like sixty degrees or something, and so we were all bored and we were like, "We need to get some exercise or something." You want to go to a park? So we went down to Bledsoe Creek State Park outside of Gallatin in Tennessee and just went hiking for the day. And if it's uh, unnaturally warm again this year, that might be something we do again. But it was just kind of a cool thing that that we had never been there before. So that was kind of a new thing for us because, I mean, my family's really small. It's just being my parents and dog, essentially. I mean, we still have cousins and aunts and uncles and stuff to see, but we're still a pretty small family. So usually we like to travel to Indy. We won't get to do that this year, so we may have to just go hiking again if it's warm enough. So that's usually what we do. We, uh, my, my parents and I, we used to, when we were kids, or when I was a kid, we would do a Christmas walk. So mm-hmm. like Christmas Eve, after all my dad's family would leave, we would do a little walk. Um, and I guess technically last year, I don't know if we'll necessarily do it this year with the kid, but um, we were shooting uh, clay pigeons. Oh, nice. Which is hilarious thinking of my wife out there with a shotgun and pregnant, you know, eight <laughs> or nine months pregnant and shooting a shotgun out there after some skeet. Mm-hmm. Uh and then she shotgunned a beer. No, I'm just kidding. Kentucky in a nutshell, guys. I was going to say I didn't know she went to Marshall. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> no, no, God, no, no. She went to Western too. Um, but no, that's that's just kind of you know, kind of fun things we do. That's that's what the wife is kind of talking about. Is you know, just the 
having fun this year with the new with the the kid and letting her enjoy stuff and you know it's kind of exciting with the with the baby and getting letting her open packages and trying to keep her from eating the package you know stuff like that uh alex do you have any traditions unique to your family yes one of them is very memorable it's my aunt lisa her thing on Christmas Day is watching the 24-hour marathon of A Christmas Story <laughs> on TBS. So basically, whenever we go to her house to, like, eat dinner and stuff, it's on. And occasionally, like, when we were kids, like, me and my cousin would have to beg her to turn the channel just to watch <laughs> the NBA Christmas Day games, just to yeah. give that a break. And then also, my dad cooks raccoon every single year. I don't know why he started, but like when I was in college, like coming down, like he would cook raccoon for my grandpa and my uncle, his brother, of course. So pretty much randomly, like back in 2015, I would say, like I tried it for the first time and I was blown away. So literally I beg him around this time of the year to go get a raccoon and cook it. It's so good. So good. Okay. There's so many questions. What does it taste like? Honestly, it kind of tastes like beef, but... Well, I was going to say, you're going to say chicken, I know. and That's bull, but go ahead. <laughs> no, gator is more like chicken, but yeah, raccoon okay. is kind of like a beef-infused taste, but it really doesn't have like that leathery taste. It's more soft. Like You would have to eat around certain parts because you do get a lot of fat around that area. So, okay, um, how does he cook it? In the oven. Okay, so he bakes it, okay. Yes. I, didn't see, like I would eat it barbecued. It. I would eat anything barbecued, basically. I was going to say, I could see him smoking it. I could see somebody smoking raccoons. Um, That's going to be my on-to-do list, like whenever I move into a bigger place, is to get a big grill, kind of like a hibachi grill, <laughs> and actually cook it on there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just picturing some raccoon walking through your backyard, and you're like, I see you, son. We'll let you get a little fatter before I go over there and get you. Right. I'm going to start an indie folk band called the Smoked Raccoons. That was yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> but then I would have a soft spot to end up keeping a raccoon because I follow this group on Facebook called Coon Corps, and they post like the craziest memes, but also like little cute photos of raccoons. So now I'm just like, in the back of my mind, I really want to eat this raccoon, but I want him as a pet. Okay, I will ruin that for you right now. Um, I never owned a raccoon personally, but I've known people who have, and they are completely destructive. Hmm. I've That's seen, very believable. They yeah. will... There was a, there's a video out on YouTube, Facebook, whatever, and these people adopted a raccoon when it was a very small, I guess, cub or pup or whatever you want to call it. And this cub runs through the house. It climbs up in the top of their closets, pushes stuff over. It will throw things. You know, it'll tear up walls. The only way that they could get it to calm down and, like, come to them when they want it to is they will go to the refrigerator and hit the ice dispenser. <laughs> and this thing will and this thing will come running to the fridge and grab it's like what do you call it the french doors and it grabs oh, yeah. both of the french style doors and holds its head up to get the ice and i'm like nope <laughs> that I sounds like a very aggressive cat yes yeah. very destructive cat so yes i support your family eating raccoons <laughs> <laughs> anybody right. listening to this podcast that has a raccoon plug please just hit me up hit me up like i definitely need it in my life so I need a recipe for how to cook raccoon. Does he put like spices on it and stuff too? Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask my dad like the next time I talk to him, which will probably be after the podcast. So I'm just like, hey, Devin needs a recipe for raccoon. How do you do it? Because he hasn't even told me about it. Like I watched him put like maybe a couple spices in there, but that's just it because I'm usually just doing my own thing while he does it, like just chilling out yeah. with the family or so. So it's like, <laughs> this year, I'm going to try to make myself pay attention to the process and then be like, okay, I got it from here. See, I've heard of people eating like groundhog, not raccoon. You know, I've, and there was a, uh, there's a church uh, in Bardstown that used to do a wild game dinner. Yeah, my uh, church does one. Do what? 
Yeah, my church does one. I, we had like squirrel and groundhog and raccoon even too at that. It was like deep fried though. I didn't see. I didn't need any of it personally, but we did save some for my dog. He's a beagle, so he absolutely loved every every bite of that. <laughs> we, uh, I have had. I've had. Uh, I've had deer, obviously. Uh, I had rabbit. I had turtle, which was pretty good. It Rabbit's was pretty good. I've had rabbit, dove. Um, turtle was good. It kind of reminded me of like beef stew because it was a. It was in a soup. It was a, like a vegetable medley kind of thing with it. Um, soup and make it snappy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was too good to pesto. Rabbit, dove. Um, I've had elk. I've had buffalo. Um, I, I I enjoy all that. Buffalo I think is incredible. Yes. If you go to Barren River Lodge, they used to do it. I don't know if they still do or not. But it's, yeah. It's yeah, there's uh, a, a lot of fun. There's a place in Franklin, and there's also one in White House, Tennessee, too. It's a Colorado Grill, and they have a bison burger there. Mm. Ooh. Mm. That sounds really good. That does sound good. Yeah, you know, y'all getting me hungry. I skipped dinner. I was trying to be good. <laughs> now I might have to go, like, go downstairs and make a sandwich before we... Before no, I and, podcast go, for, no you're going to go outside and kill a raccoon and then put it in your oven. That's what I do. Doing. I've got a, I've got a hatchet here. I'm going to go get me a raccoon. <laughs> Dude, don't even know. I'm going to go... Do be like Mel Gibson and the Patriot on him. <laughs> I already have him cut off strips. He won't even know what happened. Uh, no, that's uh, that's that is very unique, and I think that's hilarious. I love it. That's awesome. Um, so Western plays Garner Webb, uh, ESPN Plus. For those of you that can't make it to the game, uh, December tenth, eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. East uh, Central blah, Pacific. What am I going to? Seven p.m. Central. Uh, Western's a 16 and a half, half point favorite, and then they will play uh, Rhode Island, I believe. Yeah, you'll probably hear Abby screaming in the background. Uh, okay. They play Rhode Island on the 13th, which will be in four days. Uh, that's on Sunday. Yeah, I th- Alex was talking about that. And then, uh, then we play Tennessee Tech on the 22nd. So we will be back next week, and then we will probably take a week or so off uh, for the holiday. And we will be back after that and talk some more basketball. And at that point, we will be in the thick of it. We're going to be going into conference play. And uh, we'll have Charlotte twice, uh, Louisiana Tech twice. And we will be back, obviously, before that. But uh, I hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. We will be back next week. And then after that, uh, we'll uh, we'll see. We're going to have a probably winter break. We'll call it that. Um, I've got to go find a raccoon real quick. <laughs> have a raccoon, have a raccoon sandwich. Uh, but uh, do you all have anything else you'd like to add? Not really, other than uh, I hope we don't fall asleep tomorrow when we play Gardner Webb. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> I completely agree. I don't Plenty think we'll, I don't think we'll have an issue. I don't think it'll be an issue. I think Western will do all right. Um, I'm just hoping everybody stays happy and healthy. All right. Yes. Uh, That's the goal. That's the goal. Uh, ESPN plus you can listen online. If you'd like at the ING sports network, listen to Randy Lee and the guys. Um, But as always guys uh, go tops. Go tops.